You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 49, as I have some pretty big news. I welcomed a beautiful healthy daughter into the world last week and most importantly she has brought nothing but luck for the new york rangers as she came into this world after the atrocity of a game against the new jersey devils but she is three and oh moving right along big game tonight uh her and i will both be watching uh, Andy, I want to thank you for you know covering for the last couple podcasts as I get situated here at home with uh, the new edition. So again, thank you, Andy, very much. Oh well, no, no worries. Again, uh, small potatoes compared to uh, welcoming a human life uh, into the world and into your life. So uh, yeah, we are talking before. I'm just glad I gave you something to listen to while. You're up uh, at all hours of the night just doing uh, parenting stuff. So, yeah, it was my pleasure, and I'm, I'm obviously happy to have you back. And, again, uh, undefeated with uh, the new baby. So, yeah, hopefully we, the Rangers keep it rolling because they are absolutely humming right now. They are. They are. And I feel like she brought them luck. I, I named her Madison after Madison Square Garden. Uh, just, you know, throughout the whole pregnancy, Andy, I envisioned myself watching – New York Rangers hockey with her and the fact that you know now that it's a reality and the Rangers are this good I almost I almost have a little resentment towards her that she didn't have to go through some of the struggles that other Ranger fans have gone through uh she sees a team that looks a little bit more complete and has some fire and some guts and just a lot of good things happening with the New York Rangers and I didn't ask you how are you doing uh, so I'm going to first ask you, how are you doing? And then we get to I mean, again, I'm doing fine. Uh, d- definitely not as many seismic changes in my life. I'm going on vacation. Uh, I leave for vacation next this week, coming weekend. So looking forward to that because I'm tired of the cold New York weather um, <laughs> and definitely burned out from work. But as far as hockey goes, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. It's very it's a, it's almost weird to see. A team. The Rangers had ha, haven't had a team this complete in a very long time, and just the way they're pl- playing recently, I think you and I have opined on this podcast 
all season. It's like, well, what are the New York Rangers? Are they really just a product of their goaltender? Are they a top-heavy team that lacks depth but is excellent on special teams and it was just playing head-above-water hockey? Um, but you can argue that since the trade deadline, I mean, just just acquiring three players in the form of Tyler Mott, Andrew Kopp, uh, and Frank Vitrano, it, it literally transformed this team because they're not um, overmatched now when they're bottom six players on the ice. It just slots people into more favorable lineups. All three of those guys, I would say, are off to an excellent start to their New York uh, Rangers careers. I mean... Vitrano has, what, five goals in five games. Uh, Andrew Kopp has six points in five games. I think he's got a goal and five assists. Uh, and yeah, Tyler Mott's speed has been excellent. It's been giving the Rangers a, a different element, and he's, in, and he's such a strong penalty killer. So yeah, it just, can, it just, I mean, at this point, you can say Chris Drury, you can't really say anything, but he, he kind of low-key nailed the trade deadline in terms of what he gave up and what he brought into this team, you know, without you know, mortgaging the future or hemorrhaging, uh, you know, picks, you know? So, uh, yeah, you, you have to give credit to where it's due because yeah, the, the, the new look Rangers is, is totally right. Yeah. And you know, I look at this team, Andy, and one of the things that I've been able to see in the, in the couple games that, uh, I watch, I watch them a little bit differently right now. So, um, you know, I try to pay attention as much as possible, but you know, w- with the new additions, um, you know, for the New York Rangers, I actually kind of see like a different team in terms of they're almost playing defense through offense, right? They're just, they can hem teams in the zone for shifts at a time because they do have that depth and they do have guys that do different things on each line and bring a new element. And, you know, I, I noticed that, you know, Gallant is kind of just feeling things out right now and not being like, well, these are my lines and they're set in stone and we're going to keep rolling. I think it's to the Rangers' advantage that they constantly change it up. I mean, you you have a guy, you know, like Petrano who really likes to shoot. Well, you know, if you got a if you got a, you know, two guys that are going, let's say, you know, Panarin's line going and they're just not generating shots, well, you can just put a, a switch on there and put Petrano with them to generate more shooting opportunities. I just feel like Cop is always finding himself in front of the net wide open for opportunities. So like these guys are are making things happen for their line because of what they're doing away from the puck and I think that's you know clearly what the Rangers desperately needed at times this season was their play away from the puck you know we all knew what Panarin could do with the puck we all knew Zibanejad and Kreider were able to do special things when they got the puck this year but now that we have a supporting cast with depth you know it's just amazing what real NHL ready talent can bring you when you have the superstars playing like superstars now role players that help just elevate the entire system the system is better now because we you know the lapses that we have on defense sure they're going to happen they happen with every team but you know tell me if i'm wrong andy but it's almost you feel like well we don't have to worry too much on defense because well the team frankly just is not in our zone that much more so you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like, especially this Pittsburgh game, Andy, you know, the Rangers really did a good job just limiting any chance they had at getting any type of momentum and it going their way. Yeah. And I think the big, because we've seen them play good defensive hockey in first stints this season, but I think the biggest difference is when they were doing it before, they were doing a good job keeping the puck to the outside. 
which is obviously a recipe for success, but or at least a recipe to keep the puck, try to keep the puck out of your net. But still, they would get hemmed in at times, and they couldn't get clears, and they're just kind of hanging on for dear life. Now it kind of became one and done. They're quick for on their quicker on their puck retrievals because they got more team foot speed uh, throughout their lineup and just smarter, headier players. And they're turning it up the ice faster. I mean, just having guys like Kopp and Vetrano who are so good at zone exits and entries, uh, just spreading them out through the lines. It's just, it's making such a difference. I just feel like there's more puck support down low. So usually I didn't like how they were teams, you know, at times the Rangers were kind of forced to, their breakout plays are all kind of like one guy on the half boards, just rim a puck. He has to catch on his backhand. He has to wait for a guy to do a flyby and then try to get it on a blind back. Like it was just not a, I didn't, you know, it just wasn't a good scheme. It just wasn't fast enough. But now they're just, they're playing decisive and they're playing quick. Like you said, it's just about playing fast. And it's just, you know, when you do everything fast with no hesitation, the results take care of themselves. And like you said, Pittsburgh just had very little time to get, you know, just put string plays together. You know, they had a few shifts because they are the Pittsburgh Penguins and they do have some uh, crazy skill. But, you know, all in all, it was just the Rangers did such a good job limiting the amount of shots they had. Uh, they they just look like the faster, more aggressive team. And that's such a recipe for, especially when you have Igor in net, that's just a recipe for success. And it's just, it's nice to see that down the stretch, it's, you know, Igor was, you know, with 40 game, 40 plus shot performances, you know, in the beginning of the season, Igor was having to stand up. And now, you know, maybe he's, he's kind of, I don't want to say, regret. sorry, a, a uh, painting just fell off my wall. <laughs> I don't know if it was my dog's fault or not. She was sniff around over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's Igor's. Like if that he's necessarily maybe he's just performances. I don't want to say it's regressing. Obviously, I don't think he was going to put up the video game numbers he was putting for a while. But I mean, the team is only allowing in their last couple segments here. They haven't really allowed that many shots. So he doesn't have to be superhuman. He just has to make big saves, saves when the time when, you know, when the time comes. And I mean, in the dying seconds of that game last night, he has to make a uh, cross crease push at the you know the the near post just to get over in time to save the game tying goal and he does so but he you know he didn't have too much of a workload last night you know what I mean only for uh, short stints so yeah it's just weird to see um, but we say this as you know the Detroit game uh, the Rangers are gonna we were recording this before the Rangers play the Red Wings tonight on their back to back. Uh, and of course, Gerard Gallant is not that's a huge thing, but, you know, he put Reeves back in the last game. OK, I get it why he might do that. And now he's taking uh, um, Brodzinski out and he's putting uh, his old pal Greg McKegan. So maybe he's, <laughs> you know, as we as we're so high on this team, maybe he's trying to you know actively go back to looking like they were earlier in the season. But um, it, hopefully they're in a place where it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, and I do think it's, you know, ideal for the Rangers to be able to slot, you know, the, some of these guys in at times because heaven forbid an injury does happen and those guys are called upon. You don't want a, a McKeg that played, you know, 20 games ago uh, to be, you know, next man up. I'd rather have those guys slotted in every once in a while. I mean, if, if it's uh, one of those things where, you know, they're penciling McKeg in every other night, I'm not for that. But if he plays every once in a while, you know, you just had a big, uh, two, you know, two games, emotional games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you felt like it was a post, you know, the playoff vibe to them. 
you know, and now you, you know, you could potentially have a little letdown here, but if you pencil those guys in that are workhorses, I think that's only going to do good for the Rangers. So I'm not totally uh, against some of these moves, but I do want to ask you, Andy, you know, going forward, Galan has kind of said that he is willing to change things up a little bit. And given the makeup of the New York Rangers and how we've been all season with kind of zero consistency in terms of, you know, who is slotting where and, and when and, you know, just some of the question marks we've had. Um, now that we have players like Vetrano, Cop, and and uh, and Mott, you know, those three guys definitely add huge amount of depth. And, you know, and then you still have guys like Hunt and then Kako is still coming back. Do you think that the New York Rangers are almost in a, a good position to kind of keep opponents on their toes? And that's what Gallant's, you know, kind of thinking is like, well, I'm not going to give I'm not going to give anything to any of the other coaching staffs to, you know, potentially put a lineup that could, you know, stifle our offense. So I'm just going to constantly change things up and. You know, we have the team to do it and the chemistry to do it. So, you know, that's how we're kind of going to roll. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've spoken before that Gallant is the type of coach that in his perfect world, all players across your lineup are (laughs) indistinguishable and can be placed anywhere. That's obviously not how reality works. But yeah, I don't know if it's an element of just having that many guys and trying to maintain and manage uh, or reward. You know what I mean? It's clearly... Coaches love Greg McKegg. Every coach that's ever had Greg McKegg loves him, even though he's just, uh, you know, just uh, offensively inept. Obviously, he hustles hard off, away from the puck, but he just cannot generate. He's just not a, you know, a quality NHL regular, but he tries his damnedest, and coach seems to love that. Yeah, I don't know if it's a reward against a, a pretty shitty Detroit team that's struggling defensively right now. Um, I don't know if it's showcasing to maybe try to flip him in the summer. If you know, I don't know if it's just yeah. I don't know if he's keeping the bottom six fresh for the playoffs to try to give guys some rest. You know, I I, I really don't know what it is. Maybe it's just one. Of, it could be essentially what you said. If he just kind of he's going to put cycle guys like Revo in and out and cycle, you know, um, yeah, just give every you know because they do have a. a a litany of bottom six players right now so you know but i saying all that i don't know if we're going to see julian Gauthier again he's probably not going to get a fair shot in anymore but as long as he keeps tyler mott in the lineup that's all i really care about you know i mean uh you hope that when kako and rooney comes back that that fourth line is some combination of rooney uh hunt and tyler mott or potentially uh you know goudreau uh, with all just because they have so many bodies that's the thing when kako comes back because, you know, Vitrano at this point, he, you're not moving him off the first line. I mean, so you either put Kako back with Panarin and Strom. But uh, again, it's like cops look good there. And I think Cop might, is, might honestly be a better player at Cock than Kako at this point in time. So then do you do a third line that's Lafreniere, Heedle, Kako? Do you go back to the kid line? But would Gerard Gallant ever trust a kid line, third well, line put, in the playoffs. I, that pushes you know, Goudreau to a fourth line. Yeah, and so it's there's a lot of questions about how he's going to approach this. I think it's more likely that he just keeps the lines balanced, trying to keep thing, players fresh. And that's the thing. You've seen the ice time for the top six and the defensemen slowly go down now where there was no forwards playing over 18. I think Cop played the most minutes last game. I think he played just around 18 minutes so or a little over. So... Uh, 
yeah, I think now he can manage their lineups. And lo and behold, everyone seemed to have fresher legs last night. You know, we'll see how they look tonight against Detroit after just playing a a real, you know, playoff style matchup. But um, yeah, I think this is his, I think he's definitely trying, they're definitely trying to keep guys fresh. I know that. And they want They've been talking about limiting Fox's minutes all year and they have now it's true, but I'd say true. Honestly, as we go down the stretch here, Truba and Keandre are, you know, outside of the, obviously the, the power play are pretty much com, com you know, commandeering the uh, shutdown minutes. Right. And, I mean, the way Jacob Truba, you know, obviously we spoke, I spoke on the last podcast about how, you know, how good Keandre has been down the stretch here and how he's, you could see the, the steps he's taking. Truba was an absolute force last night and he's been a force for the last few games. These are the, you know, this is the time he, he lived for. This is why the Rangers paid him all that money because when the playoff atmosphere is on and the pressure, he just somehow elevates his game and gets better and gets nastier and gets more physical and shoots the puck more. And we saw last night he was, I would say outside of maybe Mika, he might've been the Rangers best player last night. So uh, yeah, but that's good because Adam Fox is clearly has been fighting it a little bit this year. Lindegren's clearly had a rough season. You know, he might even have an injury we don't know about or something lingering, but just limiting his minutes so he can stay fresher is, uh, is in everyone's best interest. So yeah, I think to, that was a roundabout way of answering your first question, but yeah, I think, I think there might be an element of just him changing up to keep guys fresh and also out of loyalty and just make sure you set it up top. Everyone, um, make sure everyone knows there we're all pulling the same rope, whether you're sitting on the bench or you're in the locker room or you're in the lineup, but we're all a team and we're all doing it together. So, and it's, it's working, you know, can't argue with results. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I do want you to touch on a little bit on how the Rangers plan on using Braun going forward because, you know, I obviously listened to the podcast that you did solo and I, you know, was in full agreement that, you know, underrated shutdown guy um, was playing probably in a role that was too big for him in Philly, which is probably why Philly is where they were and sellers at the deadline. but. You know, I, I do think that there is a role for him, but it kind of feels like the battle between Nemeth, Schneider, and Braun are going to be a little, it's going to be tough for Gallant because the truth is Schneider's done nothing to play himself out of the lineup. I mean, he had a couple tougher games, but, you know, you could say that across the lineup, you know, and, uh, and you know, you look at Nemeth, you know, he did pick up his game before that uh, from what he was before the injury and he came back. He looked actually decent. Now he's kind of, you know, doesn't look as good as he did a couple weeks ago. 
I don't know, Andy, you know, what, what are the plan? What's the plan going forward? Uh, with the defense? I, I'm honestly not sure. Like you said, there is the competition on that bottom pairing. I mean, Schneider has a few rough games, but has a goal last night and was excellent in their last two, two outings. Nemeth clearly had a rough, has had a rough go of it, but then he was, I would say, I didn't really see too much wrong with this game. And he was kind of, I was here first going. So there's that loyalty going with Gallant and he's maybe not too familiar with Justin Braun and that can, no matter what that can play into it. So uh, we'll see, you know, it was Braun strictly in case they lose a body, they have a guy who can, they can just slot in. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I think at some point Ranger fans were hoping we would see uh, a combination of Schneider and Braun and see if that is an uh, improvement over Nemeth. Um, And do you worry, do you worry with Schneider in the playoffs? There's a part of me that might think, the elevated physical game and just the style of which the playoffs are played in and the, you know, energy and just the, I don't know. I just feel like the game itself and the playoffs are totally different that it could overwhelm a player like Schneider. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, because I think when I look at Schneider, I think luckily if I worry about him, I more worry that if he struggles, he's not going to have a partner capable of helping him out or, helping him get over that you know what i mean um you know because i think you can see a lot of there's a lot of guys have been in the leagues you know i watched mark Stahl for a few years do the wrong thing but with with very confidently (laughs) despite it clearly not being a good play but just you know not panicking he's like i'm just gonna flip this to the wall so it gets picked off at the point and i did my job you know so i don't know schneider has i think he can acquit himself well it I it might I don't know if he'll be intimidated by it. I mean it might it might be a lot, but at the same time it's I think we've even seen him get a little bit more physical down the stretch here, closing guys off more. And yeah, I think he, despite um being a big raw bone kid for his age, he's still again doing it against men with who've, you know, been in the NHL for five years and a little bit more experienced and a little bit heavier and have a little bit more uh you know man strength you know they've been on strengthening and conditioning programs a lot longer uh it's different but again i think if schneider played like he played last night i don't see why he wouldn't you know uh he wouldn't fare very well in the playoffs so um so yeah i don't know i mean i'm sure it's a concern for the coaching staff they might think about that hence why it's like you know early on we're talking about like a jones uh Schneider pairing or, or an all kid line. I just don't see that as a reality in the playoffs. You know what I no, mean? No, no. I, as, as much as I can't wait to see that in the future. And hopefully that's what the future entails. That's definitely not going to happen in the playoffs. I just feel like there's a, for me, you know, I listen, Schneider's going to have growing pains. We saw it with Miller, even though I feel like, I mean, Miller is just, has, has been unbelievable with the, I know he has some bad stretches, but like I said, so does Fox. Lindgren has, has had bad stretches. You know, Truba, maybe not so much Truba, but, you know, there are, you know, games and shifts that you, you wish you had back. Schneider, for me, is his best asset I can see if he's not feeling himself, and especially in the playoffs. I think it could, you know, almost mess with him mentally and kind of throw his whole game off. Um, just because of how the playoffs are played. I do think, you know, I don't know. I, I just can see him being sat in the playoffs and just have, a, you know, the third pairing of Nemeth Braun, which 
maybe not the worst thing in the world. You know, two players that have been in the NHL that, you know, kind of, you know, have played every situation. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. But that's just the hunch and the feeling that I get. Uh, you know, just, you know, Rangers are so young. And when they went into the bubble, you saw some of the inexperienced show. And I think, you know, I'm just led to believe that maybe that's not, Schneider's not going to be the exception. He's going to be part of the rule. And uh, I worry about that. But, you know, that's, you know, we have a whole month to get there. So let's see, let's see what happens. Uh, Andy, uh, I saw Carolina. I feel like the they're faltering. The wheels are wiggling a little bit. I don't want to jinx anything. And they're still a dynamic team. But uh, I think, what, Kotkaniemi, whatever his name is, awful name to have to say for me because I feel like I have a big tongue and can't say that name very smooth. Mm-hmm. But uh, he gets hurt. Um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like Carolina's Andy is only, let's see, five points behind us. We played the same amount of games. I, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up. What are the chances we take over first? Uh, you know, I mean, is it possible? Yeah. They're only 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10. That's yeah, probably I mean, the worst stretch Carolina's had in a 10-game span all season. I know, which shows you how good they've been. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, if the Rangers uh, end up first, do, would they end up playing Washington right now, or would they end up playing um, it, It's Well, like right Boston? now... Or it, no, where's, where's Boston? Oh no, Boston's been on fire. I, I have to pull up the standings here. I mean, Florida's right there. It'd be neck and neck. It's a fifty-fifty toss-up whether or not Florida or. For me, you know, if all th- both teams are healthy, Carolina and Florida are a fifty-fifty toss-up right now with both ninety-six points. Um, uh, Florida well, correct, does. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, it does the team that finishes, whether it's the Atlantic or the Metro, does the team with the higher. Uh, amount of points or points percentage play the team in the wild card with the lower points percentage. Is that how that goes? Yeah. They... So the number, so Florida finishes with 110 points. So they're and... going to play Washington. Uh, I, I, you know, if the Rangers finish first right now, they'd be slated to face on the Bruins. I think I'd rather play the Penguins than the Me Bruins. Too. You know what? Now that you say that, Forget I said anything. Now I I I'm with you, man. The Bruins scare me for some Although, reason. You know the Bruins did. Um, you know they it, and it was a good game. I mean they they lost to the the Maple Leafs six to four last night. But they also they took their pound of flesh. I think they hurt like you know two or three players in a losing effort. We saw everyone saw you know Taylor Hall rabbit punching yeah. the guy in the head. But um, yeah, they're gonna take their pound of flesh. And I mean you know they got Bergeron back. So um, and he looks like he hasn't. If anything, it was just a little rest for him, you know, you getting over his injury or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that's a tall order, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, a part of me thinks, but, I, you know, I say this because, you know, the Rangers have fared well against Pittsburgh this season, although they did lose one of their meetings. It was a one goal game. But, I mean, the Rangers in the before the bubble, I think they did they sweep Carolina that year in the regular season and then. Clearly, the playoffs was a different story. So I guess you never really know. I mean, yeah, but those games were crazy. It was, I think, Hank standing on his head. No, or is that? Yeah. So I mean, you know, and listen, the Rangers have played Boston twice, right? And they won both meetings, if I'm correct. Yes, yes, they beat them both times. Yeah, yeah, at home, and then, um, but yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. I guess uh, 
I would definitely think, luckily, you know, Tristan Jari has, uh, seems beatable, which is good. So, yeah, it's tough because I, I, you know, I guess we have to see what Boston does here because, uh, there is a Crosby factor, though, with the Pittsburgh Penguins oh, that yeah. he he can will a team to win. I, there's something about him. I, it just like even this year, like no one's talking about him. He's still like humming along as the best, like one of the best players in the league. And like production wise, you feel like every shift out there, he's involved in, in creating a scoring chance. And and I know, you know, people are rolling their eyes. Yeah, Sidney Crosby, man. What, what the hell do you think? It's like, well, no one's talking about him. Everyone's, you know, everyone's you know, screaming about, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, you know, David, it's like, uh, hello, Crosby's been doing it his entire career and he's still doing it now. And no one's talking about it. Like I, I know he's kind of yesterday's news, but he, he kind of scares me a little bit in the playoffs. That's like the only thing I think I'm afraid of with the Penguins. Cause I, I know in the past I've been very vocal about how confident I am to beat Pittsburgh, but there's a part of me that's like, Crosby is just one of those guys in life that you know he's a winner and he he can find a way to win and it's just it's annoying and you wish you know you had a player like him on your team but uh, yeah it, it's just that that's the only factor I fear with the Penguins Bruins I don't know why I just feel like Rangers always have tough times with Boston so I just never want to play them uh, you know look at us we're a month away from the playoffs and we're already trying to pick our poison. But yeah, it's it's tough, Andy. But you know, I do really think that you know, with the Rangers right there, neck and neck, five points is not much this time of year. It can change in a week. Uh, you know, the Rangers could end up you know going for that division title. You know, it's definitely something I, I'm sure they maybe not speaking about vocally, but if you're a player on the New York Rangers right now and you see striking distance in the Carolina and you just beat them, you got to feel good about yourself and and kind of feel good of where this team is. And, uh, you know, pushed last month. I mean, it's something to play for, for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if only for the fact that most people probably thought they would not be in this position and all, everyone that said, oh, they're only Igor Shesterkin and this and that. Well, I mean, it would definitely be a way to shut up the haters. But uh, again, in a lot of ways, I think being underestimated and maybe overlooked has definitely helped them and has definitely fed you know, fed them to because they've definitely had something to prove to the league and themselves this year. Um, so yeah, you don't hope. I mean, obviously, it's you know, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where I think it would be awesome, but at the same time, it's like, does it something that like does being content with what you have does that almost end up backfiring against them? No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe not, but I just think, yeah, I just think probably they end up playing Pittsburgh in the first round and how it's going. I, you know, I think they're going to have a, uh, a few, you know, I mean, most of their games left are against non-playoff opponents. So, you know, they're going to overlook one of them and it's going to bite them. It, it can happen as soon as tonight against the Detroit Red Wings team that was embarrassed uh, the, the other day. And I spoke about this on the pod because um, I was talking to our mutual friend, the Gibby about the cycle of, uh, the cycle of uh, of embarrassment that has played out over the last uh, few weeks here. Um, did you did you happen to listen to that, or do you need me to to illustrate it for you? Uh, no. Can you please go ahead and 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 refresh? So me? I was thinking about the you know the the New Jersey Devils had lost three straight games in a row, and they had lost they had given up six goals in each game. So they then play the New York Rangers. They get their doors blown off in the first game. 
in the first period, excuse me, uh, saying, you know what, we've had enough, enough's enough. They start a, you know, the Rangers are, are content with their first period play and kind of just, you know, set it on cruise control. The Devils come out like a bat out of hell playing for pride and self-belief uh, in the second period, and they run the Rangers out of the building. Rangers are very embarrassed with this. So what do they do? They uh, dominate the Pittsburgh Penguins at home in a pretty commanding playoff-style performance. Uh, the Penguins in the postgame presser, uh, Mike Sullivan says, we were outclassed, outplayed, outcoached, out everything tonight. We, you know, we should be embarrassed by our effort. What happens? The next game they play the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings, a uh, team that's clearly been up and down this year, not going to make the playoffs, but whatever, just plucky. Pittsburgh gets something to prove at home, puts up 11 goals in the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, so, you know, uh, and that's the second time this season they've allowed big numbers against them. So uh, you have to imagine that in the cycle of embarrassment, and hatred. Uh, who is their next opponent? The New York Rangers tonight. So I don't know, man. I'm just, if I'm the Rangers, I, I have to be worried. I just feel like there's a domino. There's like a butterfly flapping its wings on this one. Uh, well, so I also well, feel like exercise of getting those 10 goals in their system had Pittsburgh feeling good about themselves, which probably helped the Rangers in a lot of ways because they thought, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're humming here. We don't have to work for it. And I think that's why you saw the Rangers were the better team and had more effort the other night. yeah no yeah and like i said the rangers uh down the stretch here have most are playing predominantly against uh non-playoff teams where i believe the penguins now have to play mostly playoff teams so you hope now would be a good time to create some separation starting with a win tonight against a detroit team that can't keep the puck out of their net but you know uh no team i don't i don't think there's a chance the rangers go perfectly the rest of the way here so um but we'll see you know you don't obviously don't want to hurt yourself or you know just dump or or you have to save something in the tank at some point but right now i think in this little stretch here while you have some uh momentum they do should try to put some uh some ground so at the very least if you can't lock up first you could try to lock up uh home ice advantage in the playoffs
Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a team that's trying to uh, contend for a Stanley Cup. And obviously, when you're this young, usually teams like that don't have to worry about uh, setting themselves up for the future or making decisions that are best for future development. Because sometimes those are too antithetical, uh, I guess, uh, paths, right? Because it's like, on the one hand, obviously, you're, well, usually your young players aren't as attentive defensively as some of your older players. Um, you're, you're just more seasoned players. But at the same time, you want them to get experience in big spots, getting big minutes uh, when it counts. So, yeah, I mean, I just realistically, I don't see Gerard Gallant, unless he's doing it for balance and he just wants to do away with any sort of kid line and just maybe have a, have a kid on each line, but then have two vets with him. Um, you know, that's possible. You know, maybe he does go back up to the top line if Toronto will then slot. Um, although then you'd have to move uh, Kako to his off wing. And I don't know if they're interested in that. So I think they're going to keep Lafreniere where he is right now. I think Petrano is been exactly what that first line needs and his speed and Kreider speed together. He just meshes so well with them because they're all three speedy guys. And when him and Kreider just take off at the same time and Mika just jumps in, they just, they're so much more formidable. So yeah, I just think he, I think you kind of have to leave him alone, which then would basically leave unless you're, you're going to try to, for some reason, put Lafreniere back on his offhand and play him with Panarin and, and Strom when Strom comes back. Um, although, you know, who knows? He's not back again tonight. Uh, Cop has been getting an audition in the middle, and he's doing pretty good. Um, I'm sure in a future episode we'll talk about what that means if, about re-signing Ryan Strom and who, if Andrew Cop has, uh, is in the long-term plans here. But, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, Lafreniere, I think they're going to leave him where he is uh, probably with Heedle, and I guess I'm more really interested in does Kako slot in there when he comes back, or do they make a kid line and then move? Uh, one of you know Goudreau or Hunt up to play with Strom and Panarin, or or I'm sorry, excuse me, if they leave, they'll leave Andrew Cop uh, on that line. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now I'm thinking that's what they end up doing. I don't, I don't, I for whatever it, it it's worth, I don't think Chris Drury would allow uh, Gerard Gallant, even if he wanted to, you know, put one of those guy kids on the fourth line. I just don't think he'd let him do it. Um, unless it was like his their play had been really bad and it it was needed, but it's tough when a team's humming and now you get a guy back who's healthy. But at the same thing, Kako has kind of missed a lot of the ramp up um, this team has made to they're kind of in a flow state right now, right? But at the same time, he was our best player in the bubble, and he was the only one who looked kind of at least one of the forwards who looked like he was showed up, right? So who knows? Maybe he's gonna. He's going to come and his hand's going to be feeling much better, but he might have to ease into it too. So, and this for, is that his fourth line crash and bang energy minutes going to be good for him in that sense, only playing it to get back into it. I don't know. So unenviable decisions to be made for Gerard Gallant, but I mean, I guess the proof is in the pudding. He has managed a lot. He's had to spend a lot of plates this year and he has somehow made it all work, right? It hasn't always been pretty and the Ranger fans, haven't always agreed with it, but you have to give him credit that he has made it work, right? So I think it's we're going to see what he does, but um, yeah, you just have to have faith that he'll somehow make it work. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.